Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, featuring 419 shows with a stable of former players and local media personalities. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information, and with me as always... What up? It's me. It's me. It's Lukey C, a.k.a. The Crockpot. What are we talking about today? A lot of fun stuff today. Last week we did. We had the the rapid fire and I think it went well. We got some really positive feedback. People were texting me and I'm sure you got similar. People like the format. We're not going to do as much of that today, but we're going to try to hit some topics quickly. We're going to talk a little bit, a little golf. We'll talk a little Drew Brees. Talk a little bit about the tournament, and then we'll wrap up with NFL free agency, which started about seven hours ago, and it's been coming hot and heavy. Before we get into the show, a word from our sponsor. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA is in full swing, and college basketball is heating up as the schools make their way to March Madness. The tournament is coming, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest. Bet online is the spot for all your bracketology needs. You got any bets you like for Friday or Saturday? Yeah, we missed last week on Morikawa. Um, That's all but, right. Uh, but yeah, so you've been hot with golf, man. We're got yeah, golf. It's you, tough too. So we're, you we're were going, bound, yeah, dude. You were <laughs> bound to cool off with the golf. We're going. We're going with some high upside picks here. So um, me too. I got Joaquin Neiman at four to one in the top five. And also, if you're feeling really froggy, he's 16 to one to win the tournament. So Joaquin Neiman is my guy at top five, four to one. So you're going more golf. Mm-hmm. I'm going tournament. I got two teams I really like. I got one on Friday. I got one on Saturday. On Friday, the eight nine matchup, uh, Georgia Tech is the nine against Loyola Chicago. No fans this year. No Sister Jean, right? They don't got God on their side this time around. I like Georgia Tech on the money line, plus 117 on Friday. And then Maryland against UConn. I like Maryland on the money line, plus 146 on Saturday. So Georgia Tech money line Friday. uh, Maryland money line on Saturday. And then you got, say it again. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, 4-1, top five. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to betonline.ag with your computer or mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. So let's just go right into golf real quick. I'm not going to give any takes here. I watched a little bit on Saturday when I was at your house. Nice little uh, St. Paddy's Day celebration at the Crockers. Luke tweeted out, if you follow him, that it was his best day in in the year. I I believe it had a lot to do with me. Uh, Actually, I would go on on a limb and say it was basically all because of me. But I'm, you know, I'm a little biased on that take right there. 
but watched a little golf on Saturday. I watched a little bit on Sunday. I watched uh, Bryson kind of collapse there a little bit on a couple holes. There was a couple holes there on Sunday where he was hitting it right. Uh, Westwood was hitting it right. They really opened the door there on that stretch for, for Justin Thomas to come in and win. Just give us your thoughts on, on Justin Thomas. I know he's, he's one of your guys. He's one of your favorite players. So, um, you know, he won the championship at Sawgrass. And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely big win. You know, PGA Tour would like you to think of this tournament as the fifth major. Uh, I don't really, I'm not really a subscriber to that theory, but it is a big tournament with a strong field and the biggest purse. So it's big, big win uh, for, for JT and his resume. I was a little surprised that he was chalky coming into this week. It's just, it's a random tournament anyway. It's very gimmicky, the course itself um, with the different holes. And Pete Dye is the designer. He's absolute menace. But yeah, it's, it, it's a big win for JT. I'm happy for him and um, just happy he was able to get the win. I was surprised that he was chalky because he had missed a cut recently. Let's see here at the Genesis in February and then followed that up with uh he shot 77, 73, missed the cut there, and then fouled that up with a 70, first round 73 at uh, the WGC, the workday there. And um, he ended up finishing 15th, tied for 15th in that tournament. So his game had looked a little, um, a little rough since his, uh, his, his grandfather had died the night before the final round of the, of the waste management open. He's real close with him. So. He kind of faded away a little bit that day, and, and he hadn't—he just hadn't looked right. So, I'm happy for him that he was able to get the win, and, and he's—he's uh, he's looked a lot better. He, you know, he was—I uh, think through the first, maybe it was like the ninth or tenth hole on Friday, he was over par at even, and then he ends up finishing, you know, 14 under over the next 45 holes or whatever it is. So, it's just really incredible uh, accomplishment, and, and uh, just happy for him. He like I said, I, I watched a little on Sunday. I saw the door being open for him. So I like JT. He's a nice enough guy. He's he's not one of my favorite guys, but I know him and Tiger are, are very close. So I've started to watch him a little more because of that. Next month's the Masters. So I'm sure we'll be talking a lot yeah, of golf be, in April. He'll be a favorite for that too. And, and I just looked up that online. He is plus 250 to win a major this year. So I think that's probably probably some smart money there if you want to bet a yes on that one. Let, let's transition to NFL. A big announcement. Uh, not an unexpected announcement, I guess, but Drew Brees yesterday, Sunday, announced his retirement from the NFL. A lot of folks were speculating that he would do so. Uh, but a, a video came out, what, about a week and a half ago or two weeks ago of him kind of working out. And I think people started, I, I think that left the door open a little bit, but, you know, he, he announced his re retirement. I guess the, the question, I have two questions for you. I'll, I'll start with the first one. What, what are you going to remember Drew Brees for, you know, 10 years from now when you're thinking back and if Rory, if Rory comes up and he says, dad, you know, who was Drew Brees? What, what do you think you'll remember Drew Brees for? You know, he's a prolific passer and uh, the accuracy. He was one of those first guys that was like completing 60% of his passes. And then I think last year, shit, he was at like almost 80. And, and granted, a lot of that had to do with uh, his arm was pretty dead and uh, they were doing a lot of stuff closer to the line of scrimmage. But he's just a prolific passer. I mean, he would stack yards and touchdowns. And oddly enough, the, the thing I might remember him for most was like, that injury he had in in uh, when he played for the San Diego, the now LA Chargers, um, 
that was a nasty one, man. When he, when he rolled up and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, basically I didn't, we're not even sure if he was ever going to play again. You know, Nick Saban essentially chose Dante Culpepper over him because the doctors were like, man, we don't think it's going to work. And then he ends up in new Orleans, uh, beats Peyton Manning, wins a super bowl playoffs all the time. Just, uh, you know, just a tremendous pastor. It's just what I'll remember. I think a couple things for me, he really opened the door for smaller stature guys. Cause before oh, yeah. Drew Brees, it was all like, you got to be six, three, six, four. You got to fit a certain prototype. You know, he opened the door for guys like Russell Wilson, for Baker Mayfield, for for Kyler Murray. Obviously, Kyler's a little bit, you know, his, his athleticism's off the charts. But, you know, before Drew Brees, a lot of these guys wouldn't even be considered. And, and after he does it as well as he did for as long as he did, now all of a sudden these guys are number one overall picks. Obviously, Russell Wilson didn't go till, until the third round, but uh, I think there was some other doubts about him. But he changed – the stereotype or you know how how quarterbacks are evaluated from a size perspective look it's still not completely gone but there's there's less concern now if a guy comes in there and he's 6-1 than 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 it was before i think he really took advantage of the revolution in the game he came at the perfect time before drew Brees came into the NFL, there was only one season of 5,000 yards, of over 5,000 yards passing, and he had five or six of them, right? And now he's retiring as, you know, the most yards in NFL history. So he really took advantage, right place, right time, got to New Orleans. The game was changing. He had an innovative head coach that was comfortable with the quarterback throwing the ball 40, 50, even 60 times a game in, in some situations. So I think he really took advantage of that. And, and the other thing I'll say is, they won that one Super Bowl, but I think they're going to be remembered more for the near misses, having okay. the great teams, the the Stefan Diggs. He went to Houston. I can't remember. I he went to, I can't remember his name. Anyway, you know, they had the 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 Hail Mary. Not even really Hail Mary. Stefan Diggs catches the ball, last play of the game. The guy misses the tackle. I even forget who it was. Then, you know, he runs it, scores a touchdown. Case so Keenum. they, uh, Case Keenum. So they miss Marcus Williams who missed that tackle. Yeah. He was yeah. a rookie. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, you know that, and then obviously the next season, the blatant pass interference call on the sideline, the NFC Championship game, that really cost them an opportunity to go. The Rams got to go instead. There was a rule change for pass interference, and obviously, you know, we saw what the referees did with that. They basically just said, we don't give a shit if it's pass interference or not. We're not changing it so you guys can can, can go away with us reviewing pass interference. So those are the couple things that I remember, you know, being at the right place at the right time, changing the perception of quarterbacks. And, you know, I I don't want to this. I don't want to do a negative connotation. I don't want to say that they didn't that the Saints didn't meet their their expectations or their ability. What I would say is they were just on the bad side of some. Yeah, you, you don't know, view him as an underachiever. I do not view him as an underachiever. What I view them as is, you know, just miraculous stuff happened against them. Yeah. In sure. in, in very key situations. So Also, I remember in 2000, I just looked it up. I couldn't remember what year it was. In 2000, when he was at Purdue, he threw the ball 65 times versus Ohio State. I remember that. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. I mean, us being Big Ten guys, you know, I was I was in high school 
that that year. But you know, I've always you know Brady was was at Michigan then. I've been watching Drew Brees for for a really long time. I never thought he would be the player that he ended up being, especially in college. But let's be honest, I didn't think to, I don't want this to turn into a Tom Brady conversation. But I didn't think Tom Brady was going to be the quarterback he was either. So I think that's a good segue into my second question. You know, I don't need an exact number, but you know, where where does he rank for you all time? You know, what, what what sort of pocket of guys would you put him with all time ranking? I think, you know, the top four or five guys is, is pretty it's pretty solid with Brady, Montana, Elway and Peyton Manning. Right. I mean, I think those four guys are, are for sure. And then I think the conversation starts after that. Yeah, I think you could put I think you could safely put him in that next tier. You know, I don't I don't know if he's at the top of it. Maybe he is. You know, you, you still got guys playing now that you know, I think are better. I yes. think Rogers, I think Mahomes has a chance to probably be better. And who knows, who knows what else, what, what's going to happen with even younger guys like Josh Allen. And, you know, you mentioned shorter guys like Kyler Murray, maybe Baker Mayfield, possibly those guys can, uh, you know, they got a long, 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 long way to go. But uh, I think you can comfortably put them in that next tier. I agree. I don't view him as an underachiever either. It's just, it's those, those things happened. And, uh, you know, he really had nothing to do with him. He's on the he's on the sideline. It's just unfortunate uh, that it happened to him. But he does have the Super Bowl. I didn't think they were going to win that one. Obviously, everyone knows I'm a big Peyton Manning guy. What about you? You think you think he's in the next tier? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's definitely in the top ten. But I think he's in the back end of the top ten, right? I okay. I, I would put him Troy Aikman, Steve Young, sort of in in that territory see i think he's i think he's a better football player than, than aikman aikman I mean, won three one, super bowls i'm aware i'm aware his team was pretty disgusting too i mean like yeah. <laughs> like a lot of all the famous i'm, I'm not i'm not trashing troy aikman and it was a different era okay so it's it's tough to do the numbers comparison when you're talking about those two but well because uh, both their careers ended short from concussions right and you got to factor that in though Huh? For sure. Breeze dwarfs his stats like Aikman's stats were just kind of and I understand it's a different era and, yeah. you know, they played differently. But um, Steve you know, I, Young I think and Steve Young now, and that that's and, fine. I, I'm, I don't have a problem with putting the Steve Young up there ahead of him. And I think he's probably I think that that's his company, though. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, I agree. What, whether, you know, how, how you rank him, I think Rogers is definitely ahead. My point is. Let's look at this at a higher level, right? Troy Aikman had a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Steve Young had a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Does Drew Brees have any Hall of Fame wide receivers? No, I mean, that he played with. So it starts to become one of those situations where it's like, look, he's probably in the six, seven, eight, nine range. I mean, there's some older guys, too. Look, I heard Cowherd talking about it today. He put Bradshaw ahead of him. Bradshaw won four Super Bowls. Completely different game then, right? And Bradshaw played with two Hall of Fame wide receivers, Lynn Swan and John Stallworth. So yeah. I think it starts to become a situation where I think Drew Brees and his numbers, you know, he was a product of a revolution in his coaching staff and the team that he was on was on the forefront of that revolution. Right. So they got a few years head start on some of these other teams. So he's a top 10 guy. He's an instant Hall of Famer. A lot of respect for Drew Brees. I will always view him in, in a very positive light. He's certainly not in the big four that I just talked about. And you know what? There's probably a guy or two buffer between him and the big four. I think the conversation for him probably starts at six or seven. I think that's fair. 
Let's transition into the NCAA tournament. We talked a little bit on the bet online read. I'm going to be honest. I watched more college basketball in the last three days than I have in probably, to be honest with you, the last two years. I did not watch a lot of college basketball last season. I didn't watch a lot of college basketball this season. A lot of Big Ten. I love Big Ten. You know that. I've watched a lot of Michigan and Ohio State games this year. I always enjoy Ohio State has a good team. They have a really good team. They beat Michigan in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament on Saturday before I came to your house, and I could have wrote the script for what you were going to say to me as soon as you saw me. That's neither here nor there. I think (laughs) everybody fills out a bracket, so let's just give – I don't want to spend too much time on this. Let's not screw around and talk upsets and, and all that stuff. Let's just go right to the meat of it, okay? Who do you like? Who's your final four? And who, who do you like to win the whole damn thing? Okay, I, w- I will say before, though, uh, I got I, I, there's one upset I like. It's my alma mater, OU, Ohio University, the Bobcats. Uh, their best player is Jason Preston. And Jay Billis called him the LaMelo Ball of college hoops and picked Ohio U to upset UVA 13 beating a four seed. So uh, the defending national one, champions. I'm hoping that one comes to fruition. But uh, yeah, final four. You know me. I'm a chalky guy. I got two ones and two twos in it. Okay. Um, I got Gonzaga and Alabama. Okay. And then I got Illinois and Ohio State on the other okay. side. Okay. I like Gonzaga and Illinois. Okay. I think they're the two best teams in the country. They can score. I mean, Gonzaga, I don't I mean, I don't really know if they have a weakness. Uh, like you said, I, I haven't watched a ton, uh, but uh, I know that they've got some pros on that team, and that's usually a good thing. And they're very, very well coached, always are. And uh, I think I think that they're going to win it. Yeah, I, I would say that Gonzaga's weakness is probably history because they have an opportunity to be a first team to go undefeated since that Indiana squad, 1979, Isaiah Thomas, Sean May's dad, Scott May was on that team. So I would say, you know, they're in some they're in some pretty. Uh, rare air. You're talking a, a 50s North Carolina team, three or four UCLA teams, the San Francisco team that Bill Russell was on. I mean, these are the only teams that have ever gone undefeated and won a national championship. So they're in with Hall of Fame players, Hall of Fame, you know, very elite company. So I would say the one weakness for them is probably history. Our final four is actually really similar. I bet you can pick the one difference in our final four. I got an idea what it is. <laughs> so I got Gonzaga coming out of the West. I got Illinois coming out of the Midwest. I got Alabama coming out of the East. And on oh, wow. South, I have Arkansas. Okay. So I have I have Michigan and Ohio State both losing in the Sweet 16. I have Michigan losing to Florida State. I have Ohio State losing to Arkansas. I watched this Arkansas team. They're like the Warriors, man. Like they run up and down the floor. They're like, they're kind of a combination of the old Suns teams when D'Antoni was on, you know, getting the ball off. They shoot a lot of threes. I really like this Arkansas team. So I like Gonzaga to play Arkansas in the national championship. Okay. But I like Gonzaga to win it all. I mean, I watched Gonzaga a few times early. They've beat all these teams. They, I mean, they they beat they beat Virginia. I mean, they they've beat several of these teams. I think the one big sort of 
if you look at my Sweet 16 and beyond, it's, it's very, very chalky. The one thing I have happening is Michigan State advancing to the Sweet 16 in their region, but that's the only real big, big, crazy thing I have happening. So a lot of chalk. Me and you are very similar. You got two, you got two ones, two twos. I got, I got two ones, a, a two, and a three. And if you really do like that Arkansas pick, they are plus, uh, let's see here, 800 to win their region at Bet Online. Yeah, and I saw also non-one seeds odds to get to the final four. Alabama is fourth, has the fourth best odds of non-one seeds to get to the final four, and Arkansas has the fifth best non-one seeds to get to the final four. Uh, It's Ohio State, Iowa. And if you really think they're that good, I mean, they're sixty-six to one to win the whole thing. I mean, if you, I'm gonna if you, throw, I'm gonna throw. If some you think they're gonna down. win, yeah. If you think they can win that that region, I mean, sixty-six is a credible value. No, I'm gonna throw some credits down on them. I mean, I'm not gonna break the bank. Let's transition. NFL free agency started seven and a half hours ago. I'm sure you got a list. Maybe you got some questions for me on this. I mean, I. I was not following it as closely as you were when it came out of the gate because I was actually off today. I was at the grocery store. It's the first time I've been to the grocery store in months. I'm trying to integrate myself back into the world a little bit here. And that was a whole dynamic for me. I'm, I got to learn how to be in the world again. But, but I started about 3.30 really paying attention. Uh, obviously, the Browns made, made a huge splash. Uh, a lot of some other teams are making some splashes. So what do you think? A lot of bad money contracts, and I, I, I'm no not, shit. I mean, I think that these guys are good. Like, I was interested. Obviously, the, the Browns need a pass rusher. I think that uh, I was thinking Okwara would probably be in like the eight, nine, ten range, and he ended up getting thirteen over three years. I thought, uh, you know, Shaq Barrett got seventeen. I, you know, I, I was thinking like fifteen. You know, so I think that that really slowed the market down, and, and Gakwe ended up getting thirteen, which. You know, I, I wasn't interested in Ngakwe. I, I just don't think that, you know, he does enough for, for my for my taste. They but. basically traded him for Aguilar because Aguilar signed two for the 13 same exact million. year. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, that's a if you look at it that way, that's a great move. <laughs> yeah. So also, I think the Ravens did a good job with with Zeitler. Uh, that, I really like that contract. That's three years, 22 sign. and a half. Yeah. But they lost Judon, who ended up going to. Uh, to New England. Everybody went to New England except for like three guys. Big spenders today. I spent $176 million today. Who else? Did oh, obviously Yannick. So, uh, Gakwe. So, and then I think the best signing of the day, you know, I can call me a homer if you want, but it, it's, it's Andrew Barry getting, uh, getting John Johnson, the safety from LA at a below market deal. He signed for 11 and change, I believe, which would make him like the ninth, eighth or ninth highest ninth. paid safety. Yeah. So he's, you know that that's incredible for to, to, for him to be the best safety and then still get a deal at below market and and uh, they reported a Didi Kinkwala on uh, NFL Network. You got you're that, you're getting better <laughs> practicing that one. She uh, she said that you know he had more money. He had he had better offers from from Detroit and and I think a few others. And he decided that Browns were the best team that were after him and and gave him the best chance to win. And the, apparently the dude does a lot for the community. He's uh you know, a leader. So he's a, he's a culture. He's a locker room guy. He's a leader. So all around, uh, all around good deal for the, for the Browns there. Uh, they still need to add some more 
aside from that, you know, Matt Milano, he got he got a nice deal. I'm, I'm not really into paying linebackers, but he ended up taking a below market deal with to stay with Buffalo. I don't know what the Panthers are doing. It's it's real weird. Um, Bro, I sent you a text, man. Like <laughs> the fact that Cam Irving is still convincing people to pay him is it's I mean, now, granted, they they gave him like two years, 10 million. He didn't get a huge deal, but he got two fact, years and 10 million, though. I know. I think he's got to be viewed as like a swing tackle, you know, like and then they, and the they same bullshit Elfline. they were saying when fucking Dorsey drafted him. No, it's it's not. They also gave Pat Elfline three years and 13 and a half. So they they have uh, I'm on PFF.com and they have they have grade for each of these all the moves. And uh, <laughs> those are the only two that Carolina has so far. And that one was graded as poor. The Elfline deal was graded poor and the Cam Irving deal was graded below average. So tough start, tough start for them. Yeah, for me, I really like the the Chargers, the Lindsley move. I Great think that, that's that's huge for them. I think that destroys that's that to me. Maybe you may be hearing some shit from Aaron Rodgers here this week. Basically, what happened is they paid Aaron Jones. Yeah. And now they can't pay the second I mean, my dad always told me when I was a kid, and I believe this, and you may, you know, laugh at me or whatever, but the center's the second most important. The center's the only player besides the quarterback that touches the ball on every single play. I mean, they are – the center is very, very important, usually the leader of the offensive line. It's – that to me is very – it's huge for the Chargers. That's a big blow for the Green Bay Packers. And I'm going to maybe this is a this is going to be an unpopular take. But when you got a team out there spending the way the Patriots are spending, do you really want the guy on your team that they didn't want to spend money on? Do you really want to pay Joe Tooney 80 million dollars? I understand that the, the Chiefs need. Interior offensive line help. I understand that that's a major problem for them, but they just gave an interior offensive lineman $16 million a year. And he's coming from the team that's out there spending money. So that to me is a major red flag on that signing, unless it comes out that Joe Tooney said, I don't want to play for the Patriots anymore, which clearly everybody wants to play for the Patriots because they spent 176 million. I mean, they they signed five or six starters today. They're also getting eight guys back from the COVID list that, Opt outs, yeah. that opted out. The big question for them, you know, before today hasn't changed. It's still the Cam situation. They got Cam on a very team friendly deal. They're paying him, you know, I think it's like three and a half million. And then if he you know, if they win the Super Bowl or something, he goes to the Pro Bowl and ends up being a $13 million deal. But, you know, if they win the Super Bowl and they only got to pay their quarterback $13 million, it's it's pretty damn good. So the one that that's outside of some of the stuff that we talked about, like Cam Irving and, and things like that, the Joe Tooney thing is a, is a little it, – it's the, – the Chiefs, I, I don't – you're going to get upset with what I'm about to say. It feels a little desperate to me. Because they realize that the Bucs have completely reloaded. And it's going to be the same team potentially that they face in the Super Bowl again. To go to the Super Bowl three years in a row is going to be miraculous. So I don't even know if that's going to happen. But 
I think they feel like I think they're getting a little desperate. Obviously, Mahomes restructured his contract. They're going to lose Sammy Watkins. I don't really know what's happening on the defensive side of the ball with them. The best signing of the day, and again, I may be a homer, but you know, the Browns bringing in an elite, an elite safety in a space where to only pay him eleven point two five million dollars a year. He's twenty six years old. He's the third highest graded for PFF score safety in football. He makes big plays. He's a big time player. They graded that move as elite. And now, you know, what I'm reading from some of the guys, uh, you know, Trotter and some of these other guys that I follow on Twitter that are that are that are a little bit deeper into Brown's scheme than I am. Joe Woods wants to run two two linebacker, three safety sets. One linebacker. He wants six DBs. That's fine. I'm fine with that. I, yeah. I really am like I, I really am because we don't have the personnel <laughs> to run three linebacker sets or fucking Christ four linebacker sets. Right. We still so, need some more some more personnel to, to get that. You know, we need another corner. Well, they, they may draft a corner at 26. J.C. Horn from from South Carolina. Some other guys may still be there. So they may still sign, you know, a corner in free agency. They may trade for Stefan Gilmore. I mean. The Stefan Gilmore trade stuff's been out there. They just signed uh Jalen. Uh huh. Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills from the from the Eagles. So there might be some opportunities there. I'm really excited. I really love what the Browns are doing. I saw a rumor on Twitter that they it was a but it was like a Buffalo Bills site that said the Browns are shopping Kareem Hunt. I don't I don't know why that would be happening. So I I hope that something like that doesn't go down. You said to, that they may trade Najoku. Uh, it'll be, it'll just be interesting. Some of these top, and there's still a lot of top tier guys on the board, right? We haven't heard anything about Kenny Galladay. Uh, we well, have a whole wide receiver market is slow. I think, I think they're all waiting on, on Galladay. Yeah. They, and I'm sure what he's doing is, I mean, he's played in Detroit. So, you know, well, here's the thing is like the market is that market is so flooded with, with guys that I just don't think that those big money, offers are there i mean if the, like I'm, I'm looking at right now uh pfs prediction is four years 85 million for galladay like i think if that was the case he'd have gotten it today yeah I, the the one guy on the free agents and we talked about this a little on saturday that i got my eye on is curtis samuel i i think that he's dynamic i think he's a guy that you can do a lot of different fun things with he would be a guy that i would love to have on my team obviously the browns aren't going to go out and spend money on why at least i don't think they will you know a lot more is going to happen I, I don't know is there any is there any other anything else you want to touch on on the guys that have signed so far no just that the, the pass rusher market's a little crazy and i think that that's really what's stalled guys like trey hendrickson guys like that that uh you know, from getting deals, Carl Lawson's still available. So there's still a lot of a lot of big names. Uh, you talked about corners. William Jackson the third is still available. Mike Hilton. So a lot of good players still out there. But uh, like you said we talked about it on Saturday and uh, paying guys that you make a good point on on Tooney. I think I do think he got overpaid. I don't know if I view it as desperate. You know, I knew it, you were gonna get stuck on that word. It might be. It, it might be. You know, they just let their two starting starting tackles go. So, you know, that could be because they're unhealthy or or, or whatnot. You know, um, Fisher had torn his ACL the week before the Super or the in the AFC Championship game. So, you know, who knows where he's at health wise? Uh, and and Schwartz was already out. So, 
you know, we knew they had to do something, but most, most of free agency is guys that are going to get overpaid. Okay. Because it's very rare when like, you know, there's a few guys maybe each, each year, and you're really just kind of sifting, sifting through warts here, just trying to figure out, okay, well I can live with this negative on him. But uh, you know, the teams that know him the best are the ones that are letting him go. And sometimes, and especially this year, it might be a little bit different with uh, the lowered cap. You're not getting perfect players. And uh, I, I think teams know that. So. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I agree with everything you're saying. The what do you one think thing about that seems... Clowney. Well, let me let me say okay, one thing. Ahead. The cap isn't really the cap, and and I still me, you and me may I need to have a conversation about this rollover money situation. Almost every team in the in the NFL right now has a has a cap, you know, somewhere in the hundred ninety plus range. I'm I'm not real sure how that how that rollover money works. So. And that to me feels like a relatively new thing. I don't, I don't remember exactly hearing about. Sure. I don't remember hearing about rollover money. Like, remember when we you used to get rollover minutes on your cell phone? But yeah, like, I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember that being a thing in the NFL the last few years. So, I don't think the the lowered cap is really having the impact as 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 much as as we thought it would. Well, certainly um, not. I mean, just a few weeks ago, we were talking about how Tampa you know, was, was, was in a tough spot. And uh, Bruce Arians out there is like, oh, you're asking going anywhere when they're at the parade. And we knew that they had been drinking a little bit that day, celebrating. Mm-hmm. And like they kept, they kept all three of them, got them all paid too. Well, Godwin didn't get paid yet, but they kept Godwin. They re-signed Levante David, lowered his his cap hit pretty, pretty substantially. And, uh, you know, they ended up giving Shaq Barrett the, uh, the, the big deal. So I saw something today that Tom Brady – We'll, we'll end on this one. I'll give you one last little fun fact nugget on Brady. Over the course of his career, his his average cap hit among quarterbacks ranks 16th in the NFL. So he's been a guy that over his you know 20 year career has they, cons- Go ahead. I, I'm just telling you. You're like, oh, he didn't give up any money, and you know he didn't. He's not making any sacrifices by restructuring. I'm I'm just telling you, there's a reason why he's played in ten Super Bowls. But he had played. He, we've known this though. He, we, he has played on. He's been underpaid his entire career. I mean, until now, and even now, you could argue he now he's only making like twenty four million or something. I think it's thirty, but either way, it doesn't matter. Um, Even at thirty, he's underpaid. Yeah, I, pr- I probably agree with that. I mean, if fuck, you're winning a Super Bowl his first year there, so. I mean, bro, um, we're not far away from. We're like three or four years away when this new TV heel deal hits. We're like three years, four years away from a quarterback getting paid like sixty million a year. So, <laughs> hey, all that money's coming in next year. Like that, ca- the cap could be like two twenty five next year. I know. So, and you know, your 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 pass rushers, your left tackle is going to be making like thirty million a year. It's yeah. going to be it's going to be crazy. It's going to be like NBA money. Remember when all that NBA shit happened a couple of years ago when the cap exploded? And yeah, they Tyler paid... Johnson got like 50 million, <laughs> bro. Yeah, they were paying these fucking guys like crazy money. And that same thing's going to happen. Yeah. OK, so in the coming weeks, more more free agency, more NFL offseason draft prep. We're working on a special guest potentially for next week. I thought we were in a lot better situation about five days ago. 
our guest responded to us early and then has has stopped. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up. I thought we were in a good spot. She we'll talk might, a little. Our, our, our guest might be a little bit busy right now. Yes, yes. Our guest is heavily involved in the things that are going on right now. So it's going to be great. It'll give it'll give folks. I'll give you a little hint. It'll give folks a view into the business side of of the NFL. So we'll just leave it at that. We'll talk some baseball. We'll do a little season preview here in the next couple of weeks. And then we're going to dabble into Formula One for the high-end racing fans out there, the sickos. We are going to have a couple special guests on. Luke has a couple of buddies who are very, very ingrained in, in Formula One. So we're going to get on and we're going to talk a little. We, we've avoided the motorsports. We got like 50, 55 episodes under our belt. I don't think we've ever mentioned any any motorsport, not one. I don't think we've even said anything, you know, Dale Earnhardt or anything like that. <laughs> so we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk motorsports here in, in a couple of weeks as well. We're gonna get into Formula One. Don't forget at WC Sports Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, follow, subscribe. Luke, give them your social media at 330 Luke on uh Twitter and at Luke ETC on Instagram, and you can, uh, if I do have some free time, I'm I'm gaming a little bit at Murder Ducky. Oh yeah! So I told you last week. Or hold on, I'm I'm Mr. Sabretooth everywhere, even on Xbox. All my social media, my Microsoft is is uh, is Mr. Sabretooth. So I told you they got Madden, and they got NBA 2K 21 on the Game Pass last week. I've spent some time playing a little NBA 2K21. I started a new career mode. You remember I kind of gave updates on that last year. My new guy's name is Dre Cash. It was I do I do name generator. That's what I got. Dre Cash this year. Uh, new story and all that. So his very interesting. I, I always like what 2K does with the the story mode on the player. I went to UCLA. We won the national championship. Football player turned basketball player so there's a little like lebron backdrop going on through the story mode i just got drafted number two overall by the knicks i'm about six games in so we're still we're still only getting a few a few uh a few minutes a game so more updates on Dre cash coming we are now available on all your favorite streaming platforms anywhere that you listen to podcasts itunes google Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. You can get us. You can also get us on the Believe Podcast Network, number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. Andrew Barry the GOAT. Somebody suck me.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.